Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily. I'm Derek Terry, joined by a special guest today. Uh, now, of the uh, is is the CatScan podcast, Kalen? Is it is it RIP or still around? Yeah, it's it's probably uh, what's it, what they call it, eighty sixth. Okay. Yeah, I think I think we're done. <laughs> really, what I mean, just I know I know people have been clamoring for it, but um, that's a joke. But uh, really, what happened was Travis took a national job with Rivals, and it's a conflict of interest for him to do any team specific. Uh, podcast or whatever so yeah we had to kind of just walk away miss doing it but uh yeah it's what it is for those who don't know this is Kalen Harris who uh, has been on the show I think multiple times I can remember at least once uh, after the 2020 tax slayer bowl and I can remember you joining the show but I think you've been on even before that but uh Kalen's joined us to to talk Kentucky football uh, a season to this point that um Kalen if I said the sentence the 2022 Kentucky football season through six games has been what? Fill in the blank there on, on your thoughts on how this uh, season's been to this point. Confusing, I would say. I, I, I've kind of said this the whole way, and you and I have talked about this numerous times, but I don't know how good we are or how good we aren't. And I still don't. And I thought after the Ole Miss game, I kept saying, well, oh, let me say this real quick. It one of my biggest pet peeves is when people say old miss instead of old miss. That drives me nuts. I don't know why, but it's O-L-E miss. I hear people do it all the time. It just drives me crazy. Um, there are a lot of things to be more upset about, but for some reason that gets me. Um, but anyway, I, I kept pointing to that game because early on in the season, with the so diving in a little bit. You look at the opponents, you have Miami of Ohio, Florida, Youngstown State, and Northern Illinois before that Ole Miss game. None of those teams – Florida was the only game that the team kind of played us straight up. Those other three games, they were so unconventional because they were so outmatched that they threw everything but the kitchen sink at us. Uh, So you really couldn't tell what we had or what we didn't have. I thought maybe the sack numbers the offensive line gave up were a little inflated because, um, for example, Northern Illinois blitzed every play almost. Um, so I didn't really know what we would know. I kept pointing to the Ole Miss game. Ole Miss happened. Went away from that, still not knowing because I feel like we were the better team, but we lost the game. But are we the better team because – how well are we protecting? What's the offensive line doing? Uh, we weren't sacked. We weren't getting much pressure. I mean, we. so I didn't know how good we were or how good we weren't. And then I think, okay, we're going to come back and come back game. We're going to maul South Carolina, and then Will Levis gets hurt. So for me, yeah, it was disappointing last week against South Carolina, but you can honestly throw that out too as far trying to figure out who this team is so confused is the word I think yeah six games in I think the hottest topic obviously uh, has been the offensive line play expected to probably take a dip given what Kentucky had lost in recent years but I will raise my hand and say I'm certainly guilty of uh, 
glossing over, I guess, the the effect it was going to have. I don't I couldn't have seen it coming this poorly. I mean, it's been a it's I mean, you can basically, uh, you know, chalk up one play per drive. You're going to be behind the chains. Uh, that's what it's felt like all season, either from a negative rushing play or from a sack. It's been uh, really difficult to um, to see Kentucky football this way because for so many years it felt like there for a four or five year stretch. It was the one thing you knew Kentucky could do is run the ball. And uh, I want to do want to give a plug to 11 personnel. They were joined by Justin Rowland, uh, I think yesterday. And uh, those guys had a very good breakdown of the offensive line. So if you want a more in-depth look at that unit, you can uh, head on over to 11 personnel and give those guys a download and listen, if you're not a, a regular subscriber already. But Kalen, the other really disappointing, and I think you could probably argue more disappointing uh, unit, the special teams. These are guys that in general have been here for multiple years, the kicker, the holder, and I think even the long snapper, um, multiple years starting. And you've had games, you talked about that Ole Miss game a little bit, the easiest one to point to, that essentially left five points out there. A field goal right down the middle, rough low miss. That's actually probably the least of the miscues in that game. I mean, missed field goals are going to happen, but two extra points. You can't even get a – you miss one or you got one blocked, I guess, and then can't even get the snap down on the other. Yeah, and I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but we lost by three. We gave up. We gave away five points there. So if my math's right, we win by two. You know, obviously the situation's different, but yeah, I mean, take away all the other warts of that game that we showed, and we still win the game if the special teams is just who you expect them to be, not exceptional. You know, we we're not talking fifty-five yard field goals or whatever. Just extra points and a thirty-nine yard field goal. Um, one thing though, that's crazy. I have a little bit of, so, uh, just, I, I have to be honest and transparent. I've gotten to know Matt Ruffalo a little bit and his family. So I'm, a, I would say I'm a little bit biased. So I try to be non-biased, but I'm a little bit biased, but there, if you go back and watch that kick, that 39 yard field goal, there's a real case to be made so he kicked it over the cross the the upright so he kicked it over the I guess the left upright and when it goes above the the upright it's a lot harder for the officials to deem in or out so what they try to do is look at the inside of the post did the ball would the ball have hit or cleared the inside of the post you can go back and watch and kind of freeze it on that spot, I swear it cleared the inside of the post. Like if you went straight up with it. Now it's water under the bridge at this point, doesn't matter, but we, we've talked about him kicking it so low and all that stuff. He, from 39 yards, kicked it over the, the uprights. I mean, so he got a lot of loft on it, and that was a week after him kicking a, was a 50-yarder that mm-hmm. – would have been good from 60 probably. Um, so I I really give him a little bit of a pass. Uh, but the holder situation, the snapper situation, and then him, he does need to be, you know, he, he deserves some of the blame there. But that's really, really 
hard to watch. And it's yeah, it's a situation where you can't not send those guys out there, right? I mean, right. At this level, it should be auto. I mean, to an extent, it should be automatic. You should you shouldn't have to worry about getting a hold down almost every other field goal or uh, bad snaps or maybe the holder drops it or you know chance I think did drop one I'm forgetting the game but he's also had a couple that he uh, he saved had snap and saved it yeah. yeah so you know he's had to work back there uh, just an all around tough uh, tough unit but we got some negatives out of the way but I do think I mean Kalen you going to this Saturday uh, Mississippi State a team that. One could argue, besides Ole Miss, maybe the best team Kentucky's played so far. You get them at home. Do you find it interesting that that Vegas line continues to drop? What is it now, like three and a half in favor of Mississippi? Yeah, that three and a half is the last I saw. That makes me feel really good. Yeah. Uh, that at, at lunch today, I looked at it, and 71% of the public money was going to, to Mississippi State. So – the lines dry. I mean, and, and then the line continues to go the opposite direction um, at a pretty, pretty large clip. Part of that coincided with Will Levis, the announcement that basically he's playing this week. Um, so I do, I think it sets up. I think when we had talked about it, you know, offline kind of getting each other's opinion on what we thought the line might be. I think I said three and a half or maybe four and a half. I can't remember. Maybe four is what I said. Um, so this is right about where I thought it should be uh, overall. Now, I did hear a stat that Kentucky's 12 and two uh, against the spread when they're home underdogs. Is that right? I hadn't seen that, but I believe it. I mean, they've been – well, they only lost one game last year at home, right? Tennessee this year, of course, they yeah. – lost to South Carolina, but they've been fairly good. Uh, do you know if they were underdogs in 2020 against Mississippi State? Because Mississippi State started that season by uh, throttling LSU. Um, and uh, that was a weird COVID year. I, I think they might have been underdogs that game, but I'm not well, the uh, I'm not the resident. Uh, you can go talk to Adam Lockett. He can tell you the line of every UK football game <laughs> in the last 20 years. But, uh, no, yeah, I mean, this is a game I, last week. On that Wednesday night when we got the new – well, whenever the line started dropping considerably and it came out that Lev's going to be questionable immediately, and I think you were on the same page, like, had a bad feeling. I just didn't think Kentucky had shown enough at that point as a team to go – and you can say what you want about South Carolina. I don't think they're a great team by any means, but I think it still would have been a tall order to expect a backup quarterback who would literally not throw in a pass at Kentucky to – it was going to take a lot of things, I thought, to go right. And Kentucky's favorite, and it didn't. Um, and they from got, from from the opening snap from the start. Yeah, <laughs> what you didn't want to do is uh, turn the ball over and basically set up a South Carolina touchdown uh, ten seconds into the game, and that's what happened. And uh, they battled back for that first half, and there was you know a, a moment there after the touchdown to Dingle that I thought there was you know they might win this game, but it didn't last very long. But I kind of felt totally opposite this week with Levis back. Kind of the history of the series, the home team's typically been pretty good here the last seven, eight years. I don't know, Kale, I'm feeling pretty good about this Saturday if Levis is back. And despite the offensive line issues, I feel like at a critical junction of the season, I just think they gotta I think they're gonna find a way. I'm right there with you, man. And I have I've talked myself into this. Uh partly because when you really break down Mississippi State. 
Arkansas is terrible defensively, terrible. But then they moved it all over them. Uh, you've got Arizona, who is has been. They didn't win. What they did? They win a game last year? Maybe one uh, game. Maybe one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, that's a terrible Power 5 program and one of the worst out there. And that was a game going into the fourth quarter this year. Um, LSU beats them. LSU, we saw what Tennessee did this week uh, to LSU. LSU's got plenty of warts of their own. Um, and they essentially, with a four, three to four-man rush, were in Will Rogers' face all day, shut down that offense as a whole, um, and then who, who's the other team? I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. that um, they lost to LSU. Um, yeah. Who'd they beat though? Um, right before Arkansas. A&M. Yes. A&M. Yeah. A&M's the other team, man. They have given up chunks and chunks and chunks all season and have been probably the most disappointing team in the country outside of maybe Oklahoma. So, yeah, you've got to get a you give Mississippi State credit for for where they are at this point in the season, and I do think they're a legitimate top you know fifteen or twenty team, but we really haven't seen them do that against a team that when it's firing on all cylinders like like Kentucky is, um, they're not going to be able to get those those chunks and those rush yards and. Um, they're going to have a defense that's a little more stout. And then on the other side of things, I mean, I think – I don't think that they're – I think they're somewhere in the hundreds in tackles for loss. They're not getting home a ton um, with a pass rush. I mean, they're, they're decent. Their defense is much better with Zach Arnett, but they're still not a defense that scares you to death. I mean, I think I think there's a lot – just from a pure matchup perspective, that looks good for Kentucky. It all comes down to us tackling. I mean, we're going to have so many opportunities one-on-one. If we tackle in space, we win the game. If we don't, we lose the game. I mean, I I really think it all comes down to that. I think a lot of people have, um, when they recall last year's game, which was the – well, the letdowns of the season came in back-to-back weeks. I don't think anyone was stunned when they lost to Georgia. But to then have a bye week and come out against Mississippi State, probably, in my opinion, played their worst game as a team. It was Will's worst game especially. Will's worst game, no question. The next week, I think you could probably say that the defense had a rough two weeks because then Tennessee came in and I don't remember how many plays they ran, but they had 45 points. They had the pick six, but 38 offensive points uh, on way too many or way too few plays, I should say. But – well, Rodgers did set a SEC completion record, or for percentage, right, in last year's game. I think that's yeah. what it was. Yep. And that was uh, an embarrassing thing. But, Kalen, you were mentioning Will. Like, to me, the story of that game, yes, it was how good Rodgers was, but it was also – it felt like Mississippi State had the ball the whole game because of Kentucky's turnovers. Um, and it still ended up being a 14-point game. Kentucky got on three touchdowns, scored. Actually had the ball with the chance uh, in the fourth quarter to cut it back to a one-score game. Um, they have not fared well, even the year in 2020 when the defense was incredible. Uh, had six interceptions. The offense, a different system, obviously, different players. But UK did not play well offensively that game either. So Zach Garnett's done pretty well uh, in two years against Kentucky. So I will be curious to see what kind of looks Gangarello will have. Um, 
I would guess Levis uh, will be extra motivated just from missing last week, but also um, he remembers what happened last year in that game. Uh, now with you know we got a little bit of time left, um, big picture this season. It's always fun to to talk preseason about what we think Kentucky's record could be, how these teams will look, and then you actually get into the thick of it, and then you get some answers. Uh, Tennessee, I, I think, no matter how much we hate them legitimately a top 10 team i think they've proven themselves at that can't argue beat, that yeah but if they beat alabama on saturday if, if bryce young doesn't play i think it's hell i think it's a possibility even if he does play um they're probably top three right i would say they're yeah they're, they're a playoff they're, team at that yeah point. they're a playoff team at that point so that's who you got after the bye week and you still got georgia um so you're gonna be heavy underdogs probably in both of those games and that's you know i think at missouri kentucky's still the better team but can be a tricky place to play, uh, for sure. Vanderbilt might be the only one, and even Vanderbilt's improved. But as long as Levis is playing, I, I think you still feel pretty good about getting to bowl minimum, which is not what any of us wanted to be talking about at this point in the season. But um, I, I think going back to that Mississippi State game, that's why it's so critical because you can't bank on uh, beating Georgia or Tennessee. I mean, I don't I don't think it's, you know, you get off the bus and you got no chance to win those games, but I do think you're going to be a substantial underdog. So um, I think – and I think that this, it's good news. We, we have heard some lavish reports. It's not like it's going to be how it was this past week where it's like, well, maybe when we show up to the stadium we'll find out. Like, this sounds pretty certain Will's going to play Saturday. I hope that that brings some juice for the crowd because uh, this needs to be one of the best atmospheres they've had this season. Yeah, I mean, it, you cannot. It's it's hyperbole a lot of times. To you know, this is the biggest game of the season. I mean, we do it all the time, but legitimately, after losing last week, especially if you want to be in that upper tier that we talked about trying to be in the SEC, you, you got to win. I mean, there's no way around it now. There's still the path, you know, if, if we try to dream, which is kind of crazy at this point, the path is still there to win the East. I mean, Tennessee, like you said, is better than than we probably thought they were going to be. But they've got Alabama this week, then they've got Georgia. So I'm not saying back-to-back, but I, they've got Alabama and they've right. got Georgia left. Um, so let's say Alab- let's say they beat Alabama this week – or sorry – Let's say Alabama beats them this week. That gives them one loss. Then we beat Tennessee. That gives them two losses, and we have the tiebreaker over them. Then let's say Tennessee beats Georgia. Okay, that gives Georgia one loss. Then they're so down and out, Kentucky ends up. Huge game. East is on the line. We win that game. We all have two losses, but Kentucky has the tiebreaker over those other two teams. And we're going to Atlanta and living our best life. That's still on the table, right? So as probably unrealistic as it may be, it's still possible at this point. And I I just don't want people to lose sight of that. I had a great conversation with a buddy of mine this afternoon. He was all down and out. And I said, man, step away from the ledge a little bit. And think about how cool it is that we have these expectations for Kentucky football now. We never had expectations before. It's like we expected things to go wrong and they went wrong. When things went well, it's only just a matter of time until they go wrong. You know, that that was always the mindset. Now we're pissed off 
because we're the 22nd ranked team in the country um, playing a big time game, you know, under the lights on Saturday night with still with a lot of season ahead of us to do some special things. So I, I just think we don't need to lose sight of that. Yeah, it also looks like uh, I know there was a chance of rain earlier in the week because the closer we get to Saturday, the weather actually looks really good um, for Saturday. Right now on the Weather Channel, it might be a little windy, which can affect uh, obviously the kicking game, but also uh, Mississippi State throwing the ball. I don't think it's going to be crazy winds. It's going to cause a shift in their thinking. But, yeah, it looks pretty nice. 67 uh, winds, 10 to 15 miles per hour, but – Partly cloudy, hopefully right. Are they out of the northeast, or is it a northeasterly wind, or the western wind? Okay, there you go. And then, and that was Derek Terry with your uh, meteorologist uh, outlook here. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a. I don't know. I I I do, and I said this to my wife and uh, my brother and my buddy Anthony, who who was at the game. We went to the catwalk. I had not been to a catwalk. as you know as a fan in years like literally like almost 10 years um and i I commented them i was like it just it just feels off like last week the energy just didn't feel like it was there um and i think people probably had that sense that you know without will this was going to be a there's a lot of nervous energy i would say and this week i think for the people who do go to the catwalk or whatever if will walks through there no boot on and it's clear he's playing like I just think people are going to feel better about it. And, man, how clutch would it be just to, like, get a lead in oh, one of these SEC games? Is it, even Florida. I mean, you're playing yeah. from behind basically from the start. Uh, well, now they threw the touchdown to Dane. I think they were up 7-3, right? That was the uh, one lead they Briefly. had. Yeah. Didn't lead at Ole Miss. Um, or tied with Ole Miss in the second half. And, obviously, against South Carolina, you tied in the second quarter. But they've not really been able to play comfortably ahead. So, Put some pressure on the other team for once. Get a little lead right here, see what happens. But um, obviously, that's the big one this Saturday, like you were just talking about. I mean, if you are five and two going into the bye week, you might have had other ways to have gotten there in the preseason, but it wouldn't have been crazy. No, no, you can live with that. Yeah. You live with that. And then you've still got two huge games, you know, against Tennessee and Georgia where if you win one of those and and finish the way you should, you're nine and three with some really great wins and a loss that you really can explain away because, you know, the guy that's going to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft didn't play. Um, So, no, there's a lot still still out there. Um, I understand that – I understand how disappointed some people are, but – man, it's all still there. And you win this week and everything is still alive. Uh, we got to buy to heal up. And and then we go to Rocky Top, man, with 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 a lot on the line. And, um, How are you talking about that one? Energy. Well, I don't even want to think about it, Eric. man, honestly. But, yeah, I, you know, it, it depends on this week. I, I think if we – I honestly feel like if we win this week, then we have a really good chance of going down there and winning. I feel like if we lose this week, the wheels could really come off of this thing. Um, you know, so I it just – again, this is just a huge, huge game. Um, and we'll see what Tennessee does, man, against Alabama. Um, Tennessee has been impressive, there's no doubt. But you can also look at a lot – you can look at their schedule and look at some individual games. I mean, Pittsburgh probably beats them early in the year. 
if uh, Pittsburgh's starting quarterback Slovis. doesn't get hurt. Yeah, Slovis. Um, and so, you know, you can all – and there's some other games you can kind of talk through. I mean, if you really watch the Florida game, Florida – Florida, oh, man, they blew chance after chance um, to win that game. So, yeah, I mean, they're good, but they're not – they're not juggernauts at this point. Yeah, even I mean, they will be a deservedly ranked, you know, top three if they beat. Absolutely, them. yeah. But in terms of being a complete team, it's it doesn't feel like a team that's actually going to win the national championship. But I, I do think of all the times it's felt like uh, you know Tennessee's back because it's like anytime they show a pulse, that's what people say. Yeah, this one does maybe feel <laughs> a little bit more legitimate than. Um, some of the previous ones, but you're right. Let's see what happens Saturday. Um, I've always felt like personally, and I felt this way about Kentucky and Georgia. Like I think the best time to beat these you know, top teams in college football, it's not whenever the whole country knows you have a big game. Like it's a little A&M last year in Alabama kind of, kind of snuck up on them a little bit. South Carolina, a four win South Carolina team in 2019 beat Georgia at Georgia. It's those kind of games. I think when you want to, uh, pull the upset whenever you know the whole world's when game day is there sec nation's there and tennessee's uh this is their game to signify that they're back they've not won this in this series in like 15 years i would still lean uh alabama but who knows we'll see what happens um Kellen, one other big thing that should take place saturday night that we've only seen for you know really one game and that was a game that if Will Levis waits probably half a second longer. Kentucky wins at Ole Miss. But having Rodriguez and Levis back together, you really can't tell the story of this season, I think, without acknowledging that. No matter the other issues, I think even if healthy, it's um, still a distinct possibility that the offensive line might just sink this offense for the season. But I do wonder how those overall numbers would have looked had Rodriguez been out there from the start. Would the – criticism of Rich Scangarello, Zach Enzer, those guys be as heavy as it is? What do you think? I don't think so, honestly. I mean, I I was – I thought losing Rodriguez was a big blow, but I thought we could overcome that, especially with the way the schedule looked and, and that kind of stuff. But after seeing him, you know, obviously it's only been two games now, but – he consistently gets to the second level. He consistently breaks to, I mean, that would have changed so many things about the course of this offense and the play calling. This is, this is an offense that is designed to stay ahead of the chains, right? You want to stay ahead of schedule. You want to be second and medium, third and short. I mean, that is, that is how this offense is predicated. And just think about this, how many times this season we've seen second and 10 or second and 11 or third and 12. I mean, it has been time after time this season. I think with Rodriguez, that's the biggest thing he does is helps keep you on schedule um, with your offense. And then as a play caller, it keeps you on schedule. You're going to call a different play when it's, third and four than you are when it's third and 12. I mean, you just are. Uh, and it opens up so many other possibilities. So, yeah, I, I think I, – I don't think we can understate at this point how big 
he is for this offense and what we're trying to do, especially with the woes of the offensive line so far. One of the biggest criticisms I've seen of Scangarello and from people that I think are definitely smarter than me when it comes to football, a lot smarter than me, um, is not having a rhythm or any kind of end goal, I guess you would say. But, like, how – you can't stay in a rhythm like what you're talking about whenever it's second and 14. Exactly. Second and 17, you know. There's no – there's nothing in the playbook for <laughs> those third and He long. literally – we've got to think about this. And he, we can say what we want about Cavassier Smoke, but he legitimately had – the first string, second th- string, and third string running backs out for the majority of the games we've played so far. So he, I mean, it's it literally, and you add offensive line woes to that. You add guys playing out of position on the offensive line, and then you get your quarterback gets hurt and has to miss a game. I mean, that's if we're being, you know, if we want to be fair, yeah. We can criticize some things there with Scangarello. It takes two days to get the play calls in. I mean, that drives everybody crazy. You're reducing the number of plays you run because it takes so long. I mean, we're maybe last now in the country in pace of play. Um, They were going into the South Carolina game. Okay, there you go. Yeah, so – but then on the other end of things, he he hasn't had close to a full deck to play with. I mean, not even not, not anywhere close. So we don't know at this point who he is or what he is. I'm still, and you know me, I try to really sit back and not rush to judgment on things because when you look at all the evidence and you look at his past, there's a lot there that tells you this guy knows what he's doing. We haven't seen that so much this year, but the deck has been stacked against him most of the time too. So I think it's an, an incomplete if I'm giving it a grade at this point. Um, I definitely, if I had to give a letter grade though, I couldn't give it an A or a B, but I don't know if I could give it a, a D or an F either at this point. So um, incomplete's about the best I could come up with, I think. Yep, I, I totally agree. I mean, I thought the Florida game plan, like I liked it. Uh, again, a game you didn't have – Rodriguez, but they got it on track in the second half, rushed for over 100 yards, I believe, and they did what they needed to do to win. That, that was a game where, uh, particularly in the second half, they played very well, uh, very good complementary football, not so much in the first half. You had the bad snap going back to special teams. Goodfell had to kick it out of the end zone, uh, and then the offense turned the ball over. The only time Florida scored a uh, touchdown was on a short field after a turnover. Um but this week, I mean, I feel like this is a week. We've only got a few minutes left here. But if there is a silver lining, and there's really – the only silver lining was Kentucky went 4-0 without Rodriguez. But with that, if you're expecting a heavy workload, Chris is still really fresh in terms of how – you think about these guys, a lot of these guys for Kentucky, you're about to play your seventh straight game. I mean, your body's pretty worn down, bumps and bruises. Chris, Chris should be feeling pretty good. So I'm thinking Saturday night, uh, Kevin Wills – we'll see how healthy he is. I mean, he's going to be healthy enough to play. So I would think he'll be pretty effective since he's going to be out there, but I would guess you're going to try to establish that uh, run game first with Chris. And if it's working, Kalen, they need to ride that thing. I mean, let him take you home with the, with the bye week next week. He's not played a ton this season. 
what he carried it 22 times last week, I think, something like yeah, that. Yeah, 17 the first half, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd say ride him as far as he can take you. And that's another thing, too, about staying out in front because, you know, you got down last week early uh, early in the second half. They got down, and it seemed like they just totally abandoned the run game. So, need to be in a spot this week where, um, you know, you're effective on the ground, get Chris going because the runs he can make – you know, I don't know what his future is after UK. I don't know that he's going to stick in the NFL or anything like that. But the value to me as a college running back, I mean, it is very, very noticeable whenever he was not out there versus when he is. But, Kalen, any other overarching thoughts that you have before we uh, sign off? No, nothing groundbreaking or anything. I just think that we as Kentucky fans, you know, and I have to tell myself the same thing, but we just need to take a step back and have some perspective. Uh, a lot of things have gone against us so far. And we still have a chance to do a lot of special things at this point. So, and we've got a lot. I mean, I'm telling you, you and I have talked what we have next year too, coming back. You know, obviously there are going to be a couple of holes, especially at quarterback that we need to fill. But there's a lot to like about the trajectory of the program still. I don't think we've taken steps back by losing to South Carolina. Like, I, I think this is kind of a blip on the radar. So, I think we also just take a step back and have a little perspective and, you know, just go crazy Saturday and win this thing. <laughs> and then everything, all our cares kind of go away at that point. Need some good vibes going into the bye week, too, because uh, it can make for a very toxic place uh, no <laughs> with doubt. another loss going into what's going to be a very difficult game, regardless of what happens in Knoxville this Saturday. But, uh, Kalen, as always, appreciate you taking some time tonight to join us. Uh, it was good getting on here and talking ball. Um, hoping to see yeah. you Saturday. Always so. enjoy it, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have the tailgate rolling on Saturday. It'll be a great time. Well, that's Kalen here. Uh, Kalen, you want you want people to know your Twitter? Do you care? Uh, uh, no, I, I mean, I would prefer people don't follow me. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I, I don't have much to add um, on there, but I'll retweet some funny stuff sometimes. But, uh, yeah, it's just my first and last name. So it's at Kalen, K-A-L-E-N Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S. It's giving Kalen a hard time before he got on here because it's his e- it's his email as well. Just Kalen here, it's just <laughs> short and sweet, simple. That's what when you're old. When you're old, you get uh, that, man. I had to throw a seventeen behind my uh, my Gmail account. It's, I guess that's as many numbers have been used for that combination. But Kalen, really appreciate it, and uh, looking forward to being back out at Kroger Field this Saturday. Huge game, Mississippi State, uh, seven thirty p.m. kickoff on the SEC Network. Also, of course, Big Blue Madness uh, is tomorrow night. Sean might hop on, give a little recap of that or a little preview. Um, but until the next time we record, I'm Derek Terry. He was Kalen Harris. We'll catch you next, uh, next time on Kentucky Daily.